Hey, hey! Welcome to Start and Keep Going. I'm Molly Cash, and today's episode is inspired by a tweet from Adam Grant. He's an author, and he always challenges my brain. He's brilliant, and I love everything he says, and it also makes me really look inside myself and examine how I could be better. So he's a great uh, person to have in my life, even though I don't know him personally. So here's what he said. What the world needs more than sympathy and empathy is compassion. Sympathy, I'm sorry you're in pain. Empathy, I feel your pain. Compassion, I'll do whatever I can to alleviate your pain. You don't have to feel other people's feelings. You just have to care about their feelings. It's great, right? Check him out, Adam Grant. So I wanted to talk about this because I think most of us do care about other people's feelings, but we kind of go about it wrong. Or we go about it in a way that causes more trouble for us and isn't necessarily helpful for others. The main way we do this is that we think we are responsible for other people's feelings, which just isn't the case. Now, are we responsible for the way we behave? Yes. Are we responsible for treating people kindly and trying our best to help and not hurt? Of course. But feelings don't come from anyone or anything outside of you. Feelings come from within you. Our feelings are so closely connected to our thoughts. And since our thoughts are unique to us, our feelings are unique to us as well. Ten different people could be in the same room, having the same experience, and because they all have different thoughts and different patterns of thought and different beliefs, they're all going to feel a little bit different. This is why art speaks to us each in different ways. And music. And why we don't all love the same songs and feel the same way about every piece of music or art that we come across. Because everything we experience goes through this sort of filter of our thoughts. And that's how we end up feeling the way we do. Which is dependent on what's inside of us. Now, what's inside of us tends to come from what <laughs> is outside of us a lot of the time. I have beliefs, and so do you, based on the way you grew up, the way you were taught in school, the kinds of friends you had. Those all play into the kinds of thoughts you're likely to have in any given situation, and so those will affect the way you feel. But what's awesome about our brains is that they never fully lose the ability to change. And so we also have a choice and we can change these beliefs, change these patterns and direct our thoughts on purpose in the way that's going to be most helpful. All right, so now we know where our feelings come from and they're not from each other. My feelings come from inside me. Your feelings come from inside you. That doesn't mean that they can't ever be related or that we can't affect each other and each other's feelings. We totally can. 
but just so we're clear on where they come from and who owns what. You own yours, I own mine, okay? Now, when we think about caring about each other's feelings, I want to kind of imagine this on a spectrum. I use spectrums a lot. They're helpful to illustrate our human tendencies um, because we tend to be on one end or the other of a spectrum or we tend to want to be on one or the other. We kind of think black and white like that a lot of the time. And usually what's most helpful is going to be somewhere in the middle. And realistically, that's where we all are anyway. But it can be really helpful to just picture it that way. So let's say on one end of the spectrum, we have, I don't care about your feelings at all. They're yours. They have nothing to do with me. Too bad. And unfortunately, some clients, when they start to learn this idea of where our feelings come from and that our thoughts have way more to do with our feelings than the people around us, they kind of want to go to this end of the, of the spectrum where, oh, well, then I don't need to care. They're yours. They're not my problem. And the problem with this thinking is kind of obvious. Um, we end up acting in ways where we demonstrate that we don't care about other people's feelings. And that can really harm our relationships and harm other people. And <laughs> we end up just living in ways that can be hurtful to others as well as, our, as ourselves. But the other extreme of the spectrum isn't good either, where we care so much that we cross over into needing or trying to control somebody else's feelings, which we just can't do. Let's just get that out of the way for starters. We can't do it. They come from within them. We may be able to influence them, but we don't get to decide how somebody feels. This was kind of hard for me to learn because for a long time I thought that what was important as a mom was that my kids feel loved. Maybe they don't have the best clothes. Maybe they don't have all the coolest experiences or whatever, but if they feel loved, then I'm a success. Now, when I learned that whether my kids feel loved or not is all about them and what they're thinking, I kind of panicked because that's what I had based my success as a mother on. So learning that I can't make them feel loved was a little bit terrifying to me. I have since redefined success as a mom and that is working great for me. <laughs> but that was kind of a hard truth for me to take in. Now, has it stopped me from doing all kinds of things to show love to my kids? No. I still do that. I do everything I can to try to get them to feel loved. But it's more about creating a climate in which it's easier for them to feel loved. Because really, I could do everything right, quote unquote right, because who even knows what that means, right? I could verbally tell them I love them all the time. I could give them lots of affection and rub their backs and hug them and tell them how great they are and how important they are in my life. I could buy them stuff and take them to fun places. 
and cook really great food for them, spend lots of time doing stuff they like, give them lots of attention and time and everything that they could want. All the ways of showing love, I could do that. And they could still choose to believe I don't love them. Just like I can tell a friend, your hair looks so great. It's so pretty. I really like it. And she might say, oh, really? Oh, I didn't even do it today. And she deflects that compliment. She does not believe that her hair looks good. Just because I told her. I could tell her 10 times and she still might not believe me. It's up to her thoughts, what she's thinking, what she's making my words mean. Oh, you're just a nice person. Oh, you're just saying that because you want me to feel good, blah, 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 right? We've all probably been on both sides of that. Just because I show something or tell something or try to communicate something does not mean the other party necessarily will adopt that as truth. So to define my success as a mom on whether my kids feel loved or not, that's what I really should have been terrified of because then I can't possibly succeed. Not on my own, not without them choosing to feel that way. And why would I want to base my success on something I can't control? That's what's really scary. So on this end of the spectrum, we have caring too much to the point where we try to control somebody else's feelings. And it's really not caring too much. It's just caring a lot without the knowledge that we are not responsible for their feelings. I really should say without the acceptance that we're not responsible for their feelings. Because I think we know that. But it's hard to accept. Especially with someone like your child. Because you're responsible for them in so many ways. It's hard not to take on their feelings as one of your responsibilities. So let's talk about the middle of this spectrum. That is where compassion lives. Like Adam Grant said, that's what we need more of. We need compassion. We need, I care that you're feeling lousy. And I know that I can't make you feel better. But here's what I can do. Here's what I think will help. Here's what I have to offer. When we think we're responsible for others' emotions, we end up trying to manipulate them. It's so uncomfortable for us to be with somebody we care about, whose emotions we feel responsible for, when they're feeling like crap. This is something I've improved on but I used to be really terrible at it and it still is kind of a struggle. When my husband gets stressed out, it is so uncomfortable for me. I, I can't stand it. And I just, I, I feel responsible to make sure he's not stressed out, which I know is ridiculous. And like I said, I'm working on it. But for the longest time, I tried to manipulate his feelings so he wouldn't be stressed out. And that sounds, that sounds worse than it was. What I would try to do is serve as kind of a buffer between him and anything potentially stressful. Okay, so if the kids are being crazy and I could see he was a little on edge, I would try to 
absorb all the craziness of the kids. Oh, here, come with me. Don't bother your dad. Um, or, you know, try and get them to be quieter or, or make them calm down so that he wouldn't have to deal with that and add to his stress. So, I mean, that's fine. That's a fine thing to do. When you see, oh, this person doesn't need any more stress now, how can I help alleviate that? But where it was becoming problematic for me is that I, I felt like it, it was something I had to do every time. And it didn't matter what was going on for me or how much I could absorb. I just felt like, I well, I have to do this. I have to be this buffer so that he doesn't get stressed out because if he's stressed out, I can't handle it. And I don't want you to get the wrong idea here. He is not somebody who lashes out when he's stressed. He's a very kind person. There was no real danger for me in him being stressed. It was just uncomfortable. Because of course it's uncomfortable. Nobody wants anyone else to be stressed. And certainly not like your favorite person that you care about a ton. So of course I wanted to alleviate his stress, but when I took it on as my own responsibility to make sure that didn't happen, of course I couldn't be successful in that, right? He's going to be stressed out sometimes. He's a human. And then the cost of it to me was unreasonable. I was stressing myself out so much in an effort to make sure he wasn't stressed out that it became a real problem for my own health and well-being. But compassion is different. Compassion lets me say, I'm so sorry that you're feeling stressed out. And these kids are crazy. I'm stressed out too. This is ridiculous. Here's what I can do. Here's what I'm willing to do. Here's what I can do within the scope of my ability without pushing myself to the point of falling apart and just making things worse. Here's what I can do for you within my own limitations, recognizing that I do have limitations. And here's what I can do, realizing that I can't make you feel better. I can't control your emotions. It's not my job to, but because I care about you, here's what I will do. The actions may look similar, but it feels totally different when you're operating from compassion than when you're operating from this obligation to fix somebody else's feelings because they're your responsibility. That's a breeding ground for resentment, disconnection, and often taking on whatever emotion you're trying to make sure the other person doesn't have. I want to come back to this part of Adam Grant's words here where he says, you don't have to feel someone else's feelings. And that's another mistake we make, I think. We think we have to be miserable when somebody else is miserable or else we don't care. That's not the case. In fact, adding more misery to misery is... Not a very caring thing to do a lot of the time. But the mistake we make in our thoughts is that we think we can't feel good if someone else doesn't feel good. And this can carry over into trying to manipulate someone else's feelings or be responsible for them too. 
because we are so desperate for someone else to feel better if we think we can't feel better until they feel better. That puts this whole extra motivation on it and it's not a good one. It's, it's urgent and desperate and often what ends up happening is we don't allow somebody else to feel the way they need to feel. If someone's had a bad day, maybe they need to feel down. If someone didn't make it on the basketball team, they need to feel disappointed. And we end up trying to talk somebody out of the way they feel. We'll look on the bright side or at least this or at least that because we don't want to feel that way and we think we can't feel better, better until they do. And so we don't allow them the time to process what they're feeling which is not a very compassionate thing to do. So the compassionate version is to allow them to feel however they need to feel for as long as it takes and to be with them. Sometimes I'll tell my kids, I know you are angry and it's okay to feel angry and I know you won't feel angry forever and I want you to know I'm not angry but I'm here with you and I'm here for you. And I will be with you while you're angry. I don't have to be angry in order to be a safe place for someone else to be angry. In fact, it makes me more safe if I'm not joining in the anger. I find this especially helpful when someone's worried because worrying is not helpful, right? And if my child is worried about something and I have the perspective of an adult and so I'm not worried about that, it might feel heartless to be like, eh, I'm not worried. And, and it probably depends a lot on your delivery. But I don't need to join in their worry to be compassionate. I don't have to jump in and feel what they're feeling. But I know what it's like to feel worried. I can empathize with how that feels and I can have compassion for them and let them know, look, I know you're worried and I'm not worried. So you can lean on me and you can be worried if you need to, as long as you need to. Totally fine. I'm not worried about whatever it is you're worried about and I'm not worried that you will feel this way forever. I have had someone be that kind of stable influence for me and it it helped me to better deal with feeling worried to know that they were not worried so it may feel a little bit counterintuitive but that's a very compassionate thing to do let them have their feelings you don't have to join in and you can still be a safe place for them and let them lean on you Okay, another way of employing compassion that I want to talk about is when other people seem to infringe on our feelings, okay? So just like we tend to try to take responsibility for other people's feelings, we also give responsibility for our feelings to others. And it's not pretty. <laughs> it's not a great idea, but we do it all the time. We try to take control of things that are not ours and conversely give control away that we could keep for ourselves. 
So sometimes people do things that just drive us crazy, things that hurt us, things that make our lives more difficult. So can we have compassion then? Here's what I would recommend. Going back to this idea that our thoughts create our feelings, we can practice ahead of time the kinds of thoughts that create the feeling of compassion in us. I have a couple of go-to thoughts that help me feel compassion toward others. One is everyone is doing their best. Now, let me just say, you might not agree with any of these and that's fine. Don't just practice a thought because I like it because it's still just a thought. And I have had somebody argue with me on this who did not think everyone's doing their best and thought that believing that just gives a pass to people who are doing terrible things. And that's totally fine. I, they're not wrong. But I've just found that for me, it helps me to feel compassionate when I think this person who just did something really rude to me, they're doing their best. That's when I start thinking about, well, I wonder why this is their best. I wonder what's going on for them. I wonder what need is not getting met so that they need to go around treating people like this. When I believe everyone around me is doing the best they can, it helps me treat them better. And whether it's giving them a pass or not, I don't really care because I can't control what they do anyway. That doesn't mean I won't hold a boundary if need be or protect myself or someone else. I absolutely will. But believing that everyone's doing the best they can helps me so much, helps me love them, helps me be compassionate, helps me be a better person. My second go-to is along those same lines, sort of. And that is hurt people hurt people. And I know that we all hurt people at times and we are all hurt at times. But for me, again, don't use this if it's not helpful for you. But for me, it is helpful to recognize that someone who's hurting someone else is generally hurting inside. They've generally been hurt. A lot of the time, it's just a straight, you know, repeating of a pattern that they've observed or, or received. That they just don't know any other way or they've not been able to break out of a pattern. And other times, it's as simple as, you know, their mind is tied up. They're preoccupied or worried about a sick family member or trouble at work. They could be hurting in, in one of those ways. And so they're not showing up as well as maybe they could without those factors. All right, my last go-to thought, and then I'm going to leave you. And this one is really helpful when applied to myself as well. That thought is, this person is 100% lovable. We're all born human beings. And maybe this is a topic for another day, but when you love someone... It has more to do with you and your ability to love than that person. And so when you think about it that way, any person is lovable if I'm able to love. Everybody has 
some good parts and some bad parts. And to love someone is to focus on the good parts. So if I remind myself that this person is lovable, that helps me shift into a place where I'm looking for what is there to love about them, finding their good parts. And when I think and believe that about myself, that I'm lovable, no matter what, there's always something I can find to love about me. That doesn't mean we have to ignore the bad parts or, or let unacceptable things continue. But we're way more compassionate when we're looking for what there is to love than when we're just seeing what we don't like. Thanks for being here. And I hope you can spend some time in compassion this week. It's a really good place to be. I think it helps us be the best version of who we are. Talk to you soon.